0: Everybody, you are listening to Adrian Has Issues, the conversational podcast celebrating the culture of creativity. Today, I am pleased to welcome back musician Mikey Erg to the podcast. Mikey is best known as the drummer and lead vocalist of the influential Jersey pop punk band The Ergs. And in addition to the Ergs, like we would be here for at least like a solid like ten minutes, just naming the other bands you've been a part of. I mean, <laughs> your your work is pretty prolific. Uh, just to name a few: Warriors, The Dopamines. Uh, the Unlovables, and you were also a member of the LLC, which was Chris Gethard's house band on a Chris Gethard Show. This was, oh gosh, like, and it, it's hard to believe that it's already been two years um, since you were last on the podcast. I had yeah. the pleasure of speaking with you in Long Island at Final Paradise about your album Waxbill Castles through Don Giovanni Records. And well, needless to say, since that interview, uh, the world's gone through a little bit of a significant change to be very kind about it
1: just a little bit just a little bit
0: just a little bit just a tad nothing nothing too problematic though it, it was water under the bridge
1: yeah no, nothing that's affecting a whole lot of people or anything <laughs> so since then <you> know, <laughs> yeah,
0: I know it's I feel so bad because it's like you almost don't want to bring it up but it's like right it's basically from 2019 to 2021 it's it's a whole new landscape but the good news is, though, you've been pretty hard at work on some great releases, including uh, Bon Voyage, which is your EP from last year, which I'm not saying this just because you're here, but it was legit one of my favorite releases of 2020. And, um, you know, right. thank you for thank that. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and also kicking off 2021, you have a new full length, it's a self titled album uh, through Red Girlfriend Records. And we're going to talk all about that today. Um, again, thank you
1: for joining the show and welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. This is awesome.
0: <laughs> so, first things first, I what I thought, well, first off, what I thought was really cool about the album is I'm a huge fan of album art. I know it's uh-huh. one of those things just that, like, it's important. And I know this was a photo you had taken on Joe Strummer's birthday, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, no, I posted it on Joe Strummer's birthday. Oh, it was on his birthday. Okay. Because I'd already had it. But yeah, I just happened to be. Um, Actually, right around the time Wax Built Castles was mastered, we mastered it at Abbey Road. And then I I got out of the mastering. I was just high from being in Abbey Road and just like had to blow off some steam. So just was walking around and then ended up in, in the neighborhood uh, that a friend of mine lived in. So we kind of just walked around Camden Yards and got, uh, just got some food and just hung out. And uh, there's a Doc Martens store, so not, not Camden Yards, Camden Market in, in London. Okay. And uh, so there's a Doc Martens store there, and there is a whole bunch of Clash like memorabilia and stuff in this Doc Martens store. And one of the pieces said, you know, if you walk out this door and go to your right a little bit, that's where the iconic cover of the clash self-titled record was taken and sure enough you walk out and it's there it is <laughs> it's you know right in front of you is this like amazing looking you know st- now it's a staircase i think when they when they took it it was just like a flat kind of alleyway going up but it's there and i was like well okay got to take that picture so i took the picture and immediately posted it on instagram and uh, my friend Jay Insult has a has a way with uh, graphic design and he just immediately sent me back a picture of a ripoff. <laughs> like, where he just made it, he made it look exactly like the first clash cover. And I just cracked up and I was like, we're using that for something <laughs> at some point. And uh, yeah, this just seemed like the perfect thing. I knew I wanted to just have it be a self-titled record and I was, and I'm always so bad with figuring out what I want the cover art to look like that's right you know I've been very lucky to for the last few releases just to have really great graphic designer just come up with like really cool stuff but in the front of my mind I was just like maybe this is the record that has that album cover on it
0: man you've lived quite a life and like I said the last time we spoke we were talking about uh, you you recording at Abbey Road for Waxville Castles yeah. and you being a huge Beatles fan, I think I'd even ask you, like, how did you even do it without, like, losing your mind? Because that's, you know, that's such a iconic studio, you know, and of course, yeah. you know, crossing that intersection, that's, right. that's wild. Now you're standing in an alleyway where, you know, Joe and like the rest <laughs> of the band, like, that's, you know, it's like you've managed to stand in a space of two iconic album covers.
1: Yeah, right. That's true, yeah, you know, and I didn't even think about that at the time, that, yeah, two of these incredibly iconic album covers were just taken in these places that I just set foot at, you know? Yeah, it is, it's crazy. I mean, that's, I love going to London, it's, you know, because I just love so much, so much music from from England, and, you know, when you're in London, it's like being in New York City where you're just, you look up, you are oh, there's there's the spot from that album cover, or there, you know, like... Um, but yeah, that was a that was a good day. It was a good day of sightseeing.
0: <laughs> so, with your last album, you kind of channeled the, you know, Mikey Eric, the singer songwriter. And I noticed when you had first announced the album, you know, in your uh, social media, you made a point of saying it was the return to punk rock, which <laughs> I thought was pretty, yeah. you know kind of interesting considering that. You know, your influences range from the Beatles to Frank Zappa to Prince, you know, the propaganda, all these different bands. And one would even argue that your career is kind of punk rock in and of itself. So to make the declaration that it's a return to that, I figured that's not by accident. That's not just like a, you know, gotcha for listeners. But, you know, this was a statement. So what I really wanted to get into is really what was it about creating this album versus Sensitive decisions in waxbill castles you know it's like do you almost see it as like almost like a return to like you know mikey erg sort of
1: speak I, I kind well so like i do i i i love i love a lot of artists that you kind of don't know where you're going to get with them or that every album sounds totally different than the other ones and so that's just to kind of keep myself interested i do like you know waxwell castles was um i purposely made it sound kind of almost as different as you could make it sound right from the last record and and just because i am into that type of music you know more singer songwritery 70s rock based stuff and i always wanted to make a record that sounded like that and that was almost even like a a reaction to people not really saying this as a negative thing, but listening to tentative decisions, and just saying like, "Oh, these, nice," kind of slowed down a bit. Like that's cool. And I just thought I was making like a punk rocker. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Well, if you if you want slow, I'll give you I'll give you slow."
0: <laughs> but <laughs> almost as if it's like you know what? Oh, you want me to slow down? Here you go. Now I'm yeah, gonna even right. bring it down to even a couple more notches.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I was obviously doing something that I knew was 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 pretty pretty mellow. And then with this record, this record is funny because it really was just born out of, you know, pandemic happened, everything stops. I'm all of a sudden, you know, on tour eight months out of the year to zero months out of the year. And a lot of my, like, social life was was going to shows and seeing friends and just, you know, running into people all the time. And you kind of take that for granted because you don't realize... If that stuff's not happening, you're not seeing all these people that you consider friends all the time, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so in any case, and I, I guess to back up a little bit, right before the pandemic happened, I did a tour that was a four-band tour. It was this band Loose Behavior, this band Slow Death, Doc Hopper, and Mikey Erg Band. I played in all four of the bands on the tour.
0: <laughs> in true Mikey Erick fashion.
1: <laughs> right. And like, it's funny cause it, that ended up being the last tour I did. So it's good that I got like a, a ton of shows in on the last tour I did. But so anyway, the, uh, the lineup of the Mikey Erick band on the tour was also the, the same, essentially the same lineup as Doc Hopper on that tour, which is me, uh, or, or me and Chris Pierce and, uh, Fid, Who played in the measure with me back in the day. So basically, Doc Hopper is Chris Pierce's band, so he would play guitar and I would play drums in that band and Fid would play bass. Okay. And in the Mike Eric band, I would play guitar, Chris would play drums, and Fid would play bass. So we pretty much did this tour with like five people in a in a van, but we all and Slow Death and Loose Behavior was the exact same lineup of people. (laughs) (laughs) So we only had a we had a couple a few people in the in the van before bands played. So, anyway, that was the first time that lineup of the quote unquote Mikey Erd band had really played together. And we kind of got pretty tight on that tour, and it was cool. It was fun. We were kind of just were blasting through some covers. And, you know, it's definitely like more of a punk rock sounding lineup because it was just a three piece, and we just all just turned up to 10 and just fucking went for it. <laughs> right. So, anyway, fast forward to about. August of this year, and we kind of were just going stir crazy, and all the three of us were like, "Let's get together and at because Chris Pierce owns a studio. We're just like, let's get together and have a just have a jam. Just get together, mask up, and just play together, just to play some loud music and and be around other people Right. <laughs> a You know, you kind of just realize I need some sort of, you know. I just need to rock a little bit. I don't know. Um, And, you know, we figured if if we're, you know, the room's big enough, we can go and each go into a corner of the room and keep our masks on and and let's just see what happens, you know? like, And so we did that for a week or for a day and just we recorded a new Doc Hopper song, a new uh, Mikey Eric song and it was fun it was it was cool and then so then we we went back home waited a couple of weeks to make sure that we didn't completely fuck up <laughs> and uh and you know everything seemed fine so then we got back together and i was i, I just kind of i was like let me write let me write a few songs and just you know we'll we'll record them next week so i just kind of sat down and and this collection of songs just fell out in in one afternoon
0: really like just one afternoon like that's wild
1: yeah it's it was very strange not something i'd planned on you know this was originally just supposed to be an ep like uh, you know maybe five or six songs and then eight got written and then we we had a couple covers that we were doing on tour so we just threw them on as well and then it ended up becoming uh you know an lp a 12 inch uh yeah, we ended, We recorded it, and then I've I'd always wanted to work with Stefan Edgerton from uh, Descendants and all. He's got a studio like at his house, and he does a lot of mixing projects and stuff for for other people. So right. it's, it's something I've always wanted to do. So I just we sent him the tracks. He sent us back these mixes that just sounded phenomenal, and and yeah, so everything just kind of worked out, and it ended, And I was listening to it, and I was like, this is kind of. You know, as much of a kind of a joke, the Mikey Erg returns to punk is. <laughs> like I, you know, I didn't really mean it like seriously, seriously, but it kind of is. I mean, especially after Waxbelt Castles, it's the most, it's certainly the most, I feel like it's the most Ergsy sounding thing I've done since, since the Ergs. Right.
0: And I know from, of course, your, songwriting and just, you know, your interviews, you know, you have a dry wit. So, you know, when I saw The Return (laughs) to Punk Rock, I'm like, but he was always punk rock. I'm like, ah, I see what you did there. But at the same time, it's like funny that you mentioned that, like, this kind of just came together, like it just sort of fell out. And, you know, from the art of the album cover to, of course, his big declaration. But considering where your career has led, it is kind of like this nice reaffirmation that, you know, you're still at this and... I was actually, I have another podcast called Talking Like a Teen, and mm-hmm. we were actually talking about the Bon Voyage EP, and and I said this to be, you know, complimentary, it's like, this album could have come out 20 years ago, but 20 years from now, and it still sounds fresh, it still sounds like my year, so it's funny, even though That's you maybe awesome. meant it to be like a <laughs> throwaway, but I feel like this album is almost like, you know, in a, a way, a, a rebirth, and not that that means that yeah. like, your other albums were somehow, like, less than, but... You know, it's right. like you've been in this, uh, been in this scene for a very long time, and I think that's really cool. And especially given the fact that so many touring musicians, you know, would often tell stories about as much as they love what they do, it's it's hard work. It's you know, you're yeah. in the van for weeks and months on end, you know, touring all so many different places, and to then one day suddenly not do that.
1: I've been in a band that toured for 20 years. Like ever since I graduated high school, I joined a band and that's been my life. And it's, it's insane. You know, some, some years I'd tour a month out of the year and there's some years that I did 10 months out of the year. And so it's just, it's just fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. I, I, I just passed the, uh, it's been a year since I've seen a show and coming up, in, in the next couple of weeks, it'll be a year since I've played a show, which, you know, it's, it's not something I ever thought I'd say.
0: The last time I've seen you perform was on a Twitch stream, <laughs> which, yeah. and then one end, that's cool. And I, I guess there's part of me that does dig it because it's like, hey, you can reach more people than, you know, you may have doing a show because obviously you have to physically be in that space. But like yeah. you said, like people that tour or concert goers, it's not even just a matter of let me just go hear some music. A lot of times they are running into old friends, and some of those friends even yeah. are kind of like family. So I get it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, it it just it just was such a you know such a major major part of my life that was just just not there anymore. It's cra- It was crazy.
0: With the new album, the first single uh, "Rumble Strip," mm-hmm. um, you know which is a absolute banger but i want to get into almost like the inspiration behind this song and why this was chosen as your first single
1: it's just this song i have i've had the title kicking around for definitely since the ergs i wanted to write a song called rumble Strip." there is the uh this this band sinkhole that chris pierce also played in there were like a boston or new hampshire like pop punk band in the in the mid-90s but they always had, like, funny song titles, like funny one-word song titles, like Waterbug and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that, Donut. And I was like, I want to write, a, you know, at some point I want to write a song called Rumble Strip, <laughs> just, like, influenced by Sinkhole. And I swear, uh, like, this one... So I, I sat down, I, I put together... Literally, I put together in my notes on my phone a list of eight song titles, one of them being Rumble Strip, and I just went down the line. And, you know, the first song's called Can't Be Too Careless, and I, I was like, okay, Can't Be Too Careless, what does that song sound like? I think that song sounds like, I want it to sound like the opening, like, kind of mid-tempo banger of, like, a Hooster Doo record. Like, you know, like a like a Flip Your Wig like, okay, let me write that song. And then I just, then, then I wrote that song. Okay, the second song is called Ruben Hall. What do I want that to sound like? Uh, that's going to be more of a punk song, you know? And then I got to Rumble Strip and I was just like, okay, this song's called Rumble Strip. Um, like that just k- fell out of my brain live <laughs> onto, onto. I, was, I just had my voice memos running the entire time and this it literally just fell out i listened to the voice memo this morning and i was just like wow like it's all there like the lyrics aren't there but the entire melody the entire song is there so it just fell out and uh you know rumble strip is is what's on the side of the road when you you know you go a little too close to the (laughs) to the shoulder and see
0: which i always call the uh the oh shit strip (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's it's. So I just, you know, I was like, okay, it's about when you're, when you're on like a ten week tour and week nine, like someone hits the Rumble Strip, and you're just like, ah, like why am I here still? This is like, I'm I've been away from home for too long. <laughs> uh, you know, it just it just fell out, and it's just about being frustrated with being on the road, I guess.
0: <laughs> that's the life, and. You know, for someone like me, like, I remember someone had tweeted, I don't remember who it was, you know, was kind of like in a jokingly manner calling out people who, you know, going to concerts was like their entire personality. And I'm like, I don't need to be called out like that. Like,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a weird thing to call someone out for.
0: Yeah, it was very odd. But I'm like, I I think it was maybe meant to be tongue-in-cheek because I think it probably said
1: more about them. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, shit, man. (laughs) The live concert industry is a gigantic industry. I mean, it's not like no one was going to see shows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's obvious that it's I mean, and it's it's crazy that this happened because you, you don't realize how how much of everybody's social life was going out and doing things. You know, you kind of just took it for granted.
0: And not for nothing. It's like you have a new album now and yeah. you know, you wanna play these songs and it's like this is an album that is meant to be you know, play it at shows and you need to absolutely, hear this and yeah. absolutely lose your hearing and possibly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> make, you know, yeah. poor light decisions at a show. Like, you need that. And it's going to be just yeah. very wild to have this album, but then be home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it. eventually we'll get to go back out there and do it. I mean, I certainly needed the break. So that it was good that I got the break because, you know, yeah. You get burnt out, and you no doubt take things for granted. You, you decide, I'm not gonna. Go. I don't have to go to the show tonight, so I'm not gonna go. You know, it's like certain things like that where I'm just like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Like <laughs> never, sk- <laughs> never skipping a show again.
0: For a while, I was doing nothing but going to shows, and I had gotten tickets to one of Latterman's like. Um, I'm not sure I think it was either the farewell or the run the reunion shows. I think it was actually the mm-hmm. farewell tour. And I remember the tickets sitting in the envelope because they got in the mail and they were in a bag, and I remember it was like, oh shit, the show's today. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna go. Yeah. And sure enough, all I heard about it was one of the best shows. <laughs> Anybody like people yeah. I knew who went or reviewers were like, if you missed this, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like you could have just said Adrian King. Like you could have just said my name. Right. It would have been fine. You didn't have to,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, I've missed a few of them too. It's, 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 uh, it's great. Yeah.
0: So wait, what are some of your, uh, concert regrets?
1: Well, uh, one of the biggest, like I'm an, I can't believe I, I'm an idiot is I, I had tickets to see, uh, Slint was getting back together doing Spiderland. No. Album. And, i i'll never forget being you know it was one of those things where the tickets went on sale like eight months before the show mm-hmm. happened and i bought the tickets and i'll never forget being at asbury lanes at the like just at the bar having a beer talking to a friend and i was like oh yeah that Slint show's coming up i can't wait to see that and they're like it was last night you were i i was there i was like wait no the one at bowery ballroom or whatever yeah, it was last. It was last night, and I looked at the ticket, and I was like, "It, it was last night." I fucking totally f- didn't realize. You know, it's like the show just crept up, and I didn't realize it had happened. Oh no! I had I had the tickets so far in advance,
0: and no one—not for nothing though. Like I, I don't know, but I, I'm gonna just do the honorable thing and blame someone else in your life because I'm like, at no point anyone didn't call. Be like, "Hey, are you going?"
1: Well, yeah, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, and that's the thing with like me. I actually like, I kind of got into the habit of not even buying tickets to things because I never knew when it, whether I was going to be around or whether it right. was going to be, you know, because some of these, some of the tours that happen, you get, you get the call like a week before and you just, you just get up and go. But yeah, like I just didn't, didn't fucking remember that show was happening. And I've still never seen Slint. Would have been great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's how I feel about Rush. Like that was one I could have gone for free.
1: Oh, I didn't
0: realize that not only were they going to you know never tour because I'm like Rush always tours. I'm like, why wouldn't yeah. they? So then it's like on right. top of not playing, and then you know Neil pass. I'm like, now I really feel like an asshole.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I never saw Rush either. That's a that's a bummer. I guess the biggest one is kind of a story like that where this was. Nineteen ninety-three. So I was I was like twelve years old. I was out with my friends, bike riding or whatever. Uh, I get home around six or seven o'clock, and my mom tells me that my older sister was just by. I was like, "Oh, really? What? She, she was going to take you to a concert. She wanted to surprise you." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, what? What concert?" And she said, "Nirvana." <laughs> Oh my God. And I, and I think I just broke down crying.
0: Uh, no. And it was like, it was I'm like on the,
1: yeah, it was on the in utero tour. It was at a place called the Coliseum in New York. And yeah, I would have seen Nirvana. They were like, you know, my absolute favorite band at the time. And I don't even know, uh, you know, it's a, kind of a legendary show to it, it. But yeah, I could have gone to that. But, You know, that was at the time when, you know, no one could get in touch with me. No one knew where I was because I just, you know, went out after school and was just hanging out in the neighborhood (laughs) doing whatever. So, yeah, I missed I missed Nirvana. That was that was a that's a major, major miss for me.
0: And that's like no one would think that, okay, if you miss this band, you're like, all right, well, they're clearly going to play again. You know, what's the big deal?
1: Yeah. They're the biggest band in the world, obviously. Like, I'll get a chance to see them next time.
0: At least you even had an opportunity. Like, I completely missed that because, yeah, because I was born, what, 84, so I'm 36 now. So it's like by the time Mm -hmm. I'm starting to come into my, like,
1: yeah, that was a, that would have been a young, young concert for you.
0: (laughs) It's like, I liked it, but it's like trying to convince my parents to take me to a Nirvana concert, let alone any show where there's a good chance that, you know, people would be thrashing and like running into each other. Yeah, (laughs)
1: right. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a tough sell, tough sell. I was
0: like, mom, can I please go to the show where someone might possibly punch me in the face? But I'm like, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But I- and I almost wonder then, does that play into, you know, your output when it comes to music? Because, you know, you are constantly working on something. And if it's not from you, it's, you know, playing with somebody else. I almost wonder, it's like, it like subconsciously, it's like, do you play it? almost as if that way you never miss out ever again?
1: Yeah, well, I don't think it stems from that show really, but it, it certainly, when I started joining bands, like you know, a zillion of them, saying saying yes to every single thing, it absolutely was a well, a it was. I love music so much. I want to play. I want to be playing it twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. But also, I don't want to just listen to the band. I want to be in the band. I want to be a part of that. I want to, yeah, I don't want to miss out on doing this thing. There's definitely a bit of that in there. I don't know whether it stems from missing out on certain things or whatever. But but it is, for a while, it was definitely wanting to have my hand in literally everything I could.
0: Yeah, because it almost feels like that. And I mean that, like, you know, in a a positive way. Right. Because a lot of times opportunities don't always come around because, you know, I've realized even in certain things that I've done in my life where you say to yourself, well, I'm going to miss out on this thing because I'm, you know, I assume another opportunity is going to come up and I'll do it then, realizing that life doesn't really work like that. So it's like you almost do these things because you don't know when you're going to get another chance at it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely have spent the last few years like doing kind of crazy shit, like, like flying to England for one show and then flying home, you know, just because it's something I didn't think I wanted to miss and, and uh, you know, just making sure – or like, you know, uh, going to see Paul McCartney because I'd never seen him before and I'm the biggest Beatles fan and, you know, no one's getting any younger, so – I should probably go see him. So I, sp- I spent a couple of years like going to see all the people that I really love that I haven't seen yet. Like, thank God I, I went and saw Tom Petty on, oh, on their 40th anniversary tour, which ended up being the last tour. And, you know, I got to see that. I got to see McCartney a few times on his last tour. And especially now with we've lost a year, we'll probably lose two or three years of these people touring. Right.
0: That's something I didn't even think about because, you know, and I know a lot of bands are probably booking shows this year because, you know, everybody's hoping that hopefully yeah. towards the end of it or towards the middle of that we'd be seeing.
1: <laughs> I have a few things booked this year that I I'm, I, full, I don't expect to actually have to do them. <laughs> and, that's, and that's tragic, though. Like, that, that's such a bummer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: But by the same token, you hope that life goes on because then to just say, well, we don't know when we're touring, so we're just kind of quitting, but... You know, right. if I know anything about you, that's definitely not, you know, something I think you'd probably consider.
1: No, yeah, I'm I'm just, you know, it's got to take it day by day, but it's, you still got to, I got to try to, I got to hope to look forward to some of these things. And, you know, if they get canceled, they get canceled, and then there's always 2022, I guess. But it's fucking weird. <laughs> it really is. There's no other word to say, but it's weird because
0: what what is there to even say to sort of either justify or kind of get through it. it's you know and i know there's always yeah. these phrases like oh these unprecedented times or you know in these you right. know strange times. like no they're it's strange and it's frightening i was like damn it i want to be at shows and now you know what's funny i'm not even necessarily having regret about the shows i didn't go to but even the ones i did where maybe i felt like i didn't appreciate them enough right where like the shows where it's like i could have been in the pit you know losing my mind and yet i was over at the bar just trying to you know be away from everybody and now I'm like like I wish someone would like bump it to me and knock over my drink
1: yeah right no i I, I fully fully feel the same way where uh, you know like even that tour where I was you know doing the four sets a night I was exhausted by the end of it and like oh like because every show was we got in we'd load everything in set everything up and then I played for four hours straight and then we packed up and then I, you know I didn't have time to hang out or do do anything else and it was definitely like kind of burnout, but if that happened right now, I'd be so fucking stoked to just go and play four sets. you know like it, you know you take you take things for granted and now you, and you realize now like it's good to not take things for granted.
0: And maybe this was a harsh reminder and not that you know it's of course a little bit larger than that, but it definitely did make me a little more cognizant of things like that yeah especially you and the amount of work that you've done it's like you like you said you've done this since like out of high school like you haven't stopped right doing every project equally as dedicated as the one before it you know not even in like a oh well what the hell am I gonna do and kind of phoning it in it's like no like you, you right go at it and you know, like you said, we're yeah. not getting any younger, so like that's still like, that's remarkable. And
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing too. Is yeah, it's like let's get it in while I can, and just do as much as as possible while it's still while you're still able to. And you know, I don't know that the blessing is that I did get to do a bit more studio work, and I wrote a lot more in this last year than than I would normally have been able to do. And I've, I've gotten to do, you know, with now that everybody's doing every, all, we all figured out how to do everything remotely. I got to play and sing uh, on other people's records that like, you know, they just sent me tracks and I'd send them vocal tracks and guitar tracks back, you know, like stuff that wouldn't have happened if I was on the road. Right. So, you know, that's a trade-off. That's cool. But really, you know, at the end of the day, it's the live experience that is is the, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so with
0: this subtitle, you know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you know, like you said, everything that you've done, you know, even if you didn't maybe intend it originally, there was always sort of like a message behind it. So what is it that you hope that people get out of the subtitle that maybe you hadn't either done or said prior?
1: With Bon Voyage, it's funny that you said that it it brought you back to like twenty years ago, but also feels fresh is i i absolutely in the back of my mind wanted to make a seven inch that i would have wanted to buy in 1999 or whatever you know right like that was that was the purpose for that record and with this record i was just thinking that i wanted to make a short and sweet punk rock record that kind of was also if you listen to the the full record it's it's mostly punk rock but there's, you know, there's a there's a Pearl Jam cover on it. There's a Green Day cover on it. There's a song that I tried to make sound like Husker Du. There's, you know, a song that uses a lot of big muff pedal and kind of sounds like smashing pumpkins. It Sold. is <laughs> It is kind of all over the place and I I wanted it to be and you know that was kind of the reason I just made it self-titled was I, I this is me. This is me, scatterbrained all over the place, uh giving you a record, and that was essentially the mindset behind this one. Was just if you're listening to me right now, and you're listening to the the full range of what I like to do. Yeah, and
0: it's funny you mentioned like you said Pearl Jam, Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins.
1: You know, and you could
0: sit there and be super snotty about it. I was like, well, they're not really punk rock. And I was like,
1: yes, they are. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) They're absolutely punk rock. We covered Spin the Black Circle by Pearl Jam, and you'd be hard pressed to pick it out as the not punk song on the record. It's pretty, it's pretty (laughs) rocking. I was pretty stoked on how it came out.
0: And that's such a great song off of Vitology. Like, uh, that is an album, like, I don't know. And I know I piss off a lot of peers when I say it, because, of course, everybody goes <laughs> 10 versus, you know, even no code. But, like, I don't know. Vitalogy, that was the Pearl Jam album that I think I, well, that was the first one I actually bought. But that was the first where I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and I like the, I really like, you know, the early stuff. But I don't know. I felt like that album was. A Little ahead of its time, as, as high as kind of ridiculous as that sounds, but I really yeah, think it's it was. Cool.
1: You know, I was, I was, I was, I, I was a fan from 10. Mm-hmm. Versus undeniably fucking great. Yes, it is. And, and then the like vibe of Vitology is kind of also what I was going for on this record. Where I mean, if you listen to Vitology, it's it is all over the place (laughs) you know better man doesn't sound like bugs you got yeah you got hey hey foxy mop handle mama you got uh, better uh, better man
0: it really is all over the place like and he's clearly channeling his influences
1: yeah it's it's fucking great and i I just i love records like that and i love just kind of because I mean, who wants to hear the same song twelve times in a row? It's, right. It's, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I do. <laughs> there's certainly there's records I like that you know the bands have one sound, but yeah, I don't know. It's just to keep it interesting. I like I like being all over the place.
0: <laughs> and every band that you cited, whether it be your influences throughout your career or even on this particular album, do that very same thing.
1: Right. And I yeah. think that's
0: that is, and that this is sound it's such a like simple notion, but I think it's an important one that no one is just one thing like what is punk yeah. rock exactly right like you right. know to some it's a sound but to me it you know it's an attitude it's it's a perspective yeah
1: definitely i mean cuz you know some of my favorite you know i don't know the SST is might be my favorite label of all time meat puppets don't sound like black flag which doesn't sound like the minutemen which doesn't sound like sacre trust which doesn't sound like saint vitus which doesn't yeah i mean it's like it's all wildly different. like, And that's just like the early SST. Like, yeah. That's not once you going get to later, like the later. <laughs> <laughs> that's when they start doing free jazz and noise and, and negative land and shit like that, which is also some of my favorite stuff. But it's, you know, they're a punk rock label. That's what was punk about it is they didn't, it wasn't a hundred bands that sounded like Black Flag.
0: Like Black Flag didn't even sound like Black Flag after a like, while. Well, yeah,
1: and Black Flag Damage does not sound like uh, in my head that's why you know I, that's why i love frank zappa so much every every single there's not one frank zappa record that sounds like any other frank zappa record not at all love me do does not sound like why don't we do it in the road <laughs> like the beatles <laughs> have it's you know it's crazy it's and that's that's what i i just i'm trying to make things interesting you know
0: i, I think you succeeded like you know it's, <laughs> it's like, like you're <laughs> It's like, you tried, succeeded, and then some, and I think that, like I said, I just loved the vibe and just the overall attitude coming into this. You know, not that I haven't with the other releases, but just a very direct, like, here it is, here's me, here's these albums, and clearly it worked. I mean, within, what, a day, if not a little bit more than that? Like, as far as announcing the album, like, you know, the vinyl sold out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's... (laughs) It's crazy. It sold out in about like ninety minutes or something. Oh, okay. So it wasn't um, even a day. It was like it, it was a yeah. It was a, it was a within a couple hours, and it was pretty shocking. And I think, I think that you know, I think the cover has a lot to do with it. I think that you know, people just like that song, which was really cool. Uh, I'm very happy with how how that turned out.
0: As weird and terrible and just downright confusing as the last year had been. You know, the fact that you were even still managed to kind of work through it and yeah. still put stuff out, like, I, I don't think it can be your state of that. That's, that's huge. And that that's really courageous because I know I stopped dead in my tracks. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine trying to like be in a space to create.
1: We all did. And, but there was a certain point where, you know, I don't know, you kind of go by example. I saw that people were, people were in the studio doing things, but, but, uh, you know, there's, there's. You can do it and not be stupid about it and just make sure you have your fucking mask on at all times and, you know, stay as far enough away from each other as possible. And just don't fuck around and just try to be cautious. And we're being overly cautious and, you know, sanitizing between every take. I mean, we had five bottles of fucking hand sanitizer just like sanitizing everything if we even just between takes and shit it was it was you know there's a way to do it and it it worked thank god and we got to make a record and and got to just hang out and just have a little bit of normalcy which was just something we felt like we needed uh just especially you know the three of us were, were we were we fucking that's all all we did was play music so it was just it was nice to get together and do it and then have have something to show for it you know
0: Thank you for making it. And of course, you and the team, and Thank you know, even like the label for putting it out. You know, yeah. like I think that. Oh God, I'm I'm literally using the phrase now more than ever. Please, don't.
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> I am so sorry. It's like now more than ever, but it, it's, it's really true important.
1: Fuck. like you know, we yeah. I don't know. It's it's like we we learned know. a lot,
0: and hopefully, when things. You know, do level out, and I do believe that at some point they will.
1: Yeah, eventually, you know. But that's the other thing is like we're not. I I I hope we're not doing. You know, I'm not. I'm not interested in playing a show until it's absolutely, totally, kosher. Right. Like, you know, it's just. It's like let's let's not fucking rush it. Let's just get, get rid of this fucking thing, and then we'll worry about playing shows.
0: It's like, I want to hear these songs live. I absolutely yeah, do. I'm I like play losing them. my mind. But at the same time, I'm not trying to die.
1: Exactly. For it's it. not I worth mean, dying <laughs> for. Because <laughs>
0: otherwise, I'm dead. I'm not listening to new Mike Ear if I'm, yeah, you know, right. six feet underground.
1: Yeah. And it'll happen. Be it this year, next year, or the year after. We'll have shows again.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, before I'm like too old, where I'm like, you know, like right, <laughs> where I just stick out like a sore thumb, like, who's this grandpa? Like, look, I was listening uh, to yeah, this I mean- before y'all <laughs> relax.
1: yeah yeah hopefully Mm. i'm uh, you know not getting any younger so let's let's try let's try for this year next year
0: absolutely and thank you for (laughs) taking the time out man like i've had such a blast chatting with you much like i did you know back in vinyl paradise and you know shout out to dan for even you know helping me give that you know space and it was fun it was a really fun show and i missed that and it's funny just as i had just started to get acclimated to you know the long island scene you know then this stuff happens so i'm like you know what wear your goddamn masks you know yeah. distance so that way we can listen to the shit live please
1: yeah wear two masks yeah do wear it. three you know what wear three that's that's what you're that's what you got to do you, you just got to do it well <laughs> <laughs> before we
0: go um so is there anything else you want to throw out there or any like you know media tags or anything else you want to like plug before we head out
1: No, just at Mikey Urg and all the things, all the social media. Uh, MikeyUrg.BandCamp.com is where all the music is. And yeah, I'm on Spotify and all that. Um, (laughs) So yeah, check it out.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And for everybody listening, you can listen to this in every episode on AdrianHasIssues.com. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and we're all podcasts are listened to and thank you for listening and also please leave a rating and review tell somebody about it and you know hope you enjoyed it as much as i did definitely check out my gear music it's fantastic that'll do it for this episode of adrian has issues and uh, we'll see you next time have a good night everybody
1: thanks y'all